Hey guys, gonna do a little intro to the show. We just finished taping. AJ's right here. Say hi, AJ. Hello, everybody. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. This was a good show. <laughs> this was a good show. And here's what I'm gonna tease you to. The last pick he gives, and it wasn't super long. He says that there's a team that is at four to one to win their conference. And there's another team that's at plus 140. And he thinks the team that's four to one has a better chance. If it now don't mention the team. I won't. But if I said you take one, I take one. Even money, I would take my team. I'm gonna do that. Okay. But let's go. I think that one we should go. How I think we should go a full bat, a full bat on that one. Okay. You have I can't believe this. I love it. I because he's figuring. I don't want to look weak. I'm I know, like, and I figure out uh, this is a sucker mathematically bet. But but, but I love it. Yeah. Because you actually don't think you're at a negative EV. You know you could get better odds, but sure. you don't think you're at a negative EV. Yeah. Now listen. You know AJ. He he hates having a strong take because then he could be wrong, right? I could be. Yeah. And you know what? He feels that strongly. Listen close. By the way, this will be about twenty seconds. We're gonna do our little. Advertisement right here because this is such a good deal. How do you do it? Coupon code SAC25. That's S A C K, the number two, the number five, SAC25. You get 25% off anything. Now, what's going on right now? We got the early bird access. This is guaranteed to be the lowest price ever. Now you're getting 25% off of that. Every pick from that pro, and you can get NFL and college. This is not correct, is it? Only $656 with this coupon. Well, do we have to do this? You're the boss. You're the final say. No, not really. Listen, the, if, I, if I veto this. I'm on that Monday phone call. They I seem would, pretty adamant about it. It just feels like I'm getting money taken. Right. What can we do? But honestly, guys, think about it. Both sports, 656 So the normal price, 875 you get your 25% off. That's a real discount. That's over $200 of discount. Now, you can just say, I just want the NFL. Or I just went college, and that's even cheaper, $411 after the discount. Now, additionally, there is a special package. It's my favorite. It's AJ, college, and you're going to hear how good he is right here. I mean, you've heard. Over three years, he has the best record of pregame. He's been here three years. Over three years, he has the best record in college football. And Fez, pretty good at the NFL. Uh-huh. And you get both. So it's like an all-star. It's like a dream team. Mm, think about that. And I've agreed with both these guys to listen to their picks, make, let them make the case each week, and I'm going to thumbs up, neutral, or thumbs down. Now, I won't be thumbs down in many, but I'll be, for me, it's going to be, now with Fez, I will, because I know the NFL at least, well, some would say at least as well. I think I would. Hmm. With sides, I would say. I would go heads up with him in sides. It'd be tough. But uh, props and other things, forget it. I have no interest in that. I don't want that. That's tough to beat yeah. So so with him, you get so many props. It's like, that's hard to even imagine. His package would be worth more than my package. Yeah. Not really in the marketplace, but in truth, maybe it would be. <laughs> that's kind of depressing. I might have to really get into props this year. <laughs> but either way, if I veto it, hey, it probably is 50-50. But you know what? You can get rid of a 50-50. That's good. And you know what? Some of you are like, we don't care about your opinion. It's like, fine. It's, it's there for free. And I'm doing the same thing with AJ. So if you get that dream team package, you get both. That's pretty. And, and RJ yeah. never sells a, a bonus. I'm not selling anything. Huh. I love the people, though. Yeah. 
I mean, I want him to win. I hate the bookies more than I love Gakaroches. the audience. I, I do hate the bookies more than I love the audience. And I love the audience. That's good. But I hate the bogeys. And hate just burns better, I think. I think so, too. Love can come and go. <laughs> hate is forever. <laughs> I am Italian, you know. I mean, the famous thing about Italians is they leave a list of people not allowed to go to their funeral. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you have a, a list? I don't, but some Italians do. Okay. Could you make a list or you just chose it not to? It's going to be a private funeral, so <laughs> people, people will have to be invited. But, you know, I won't be able to control it all from the grave, but I've written in detailed instructions. <laughs> I, I don't even think I got a will. Oh, yeah, I do. But, you know, I don't think about that. Remember Elaine Bennis? She goes, I don't think it's going to happen to me. <laughs> she goes, I just can't imagine it. <laughs> it's hard to picture. All right, last thing. Faz, we're talking about how good he is. He was up 28 0.52 units, 28 plus units last football season. There was one, two, three, four people up more units. What? So think, you go 25 unit, 28 units up, you think you're number one, not a pregame, baby. Nova batter, good fella batter, hitman batter, shaker batter. There's now, actually a contest to beat the hitman right now and win 500 free bucks. There's a lot of stuff going on, but here's the thing. Sack 25, 25% off everything. It's only good through Monday. Guaranteed lowest prices ever. Dream package, I would. And just last thing, McKenzie's got, you can get his NFL and NBA now early and discounted. It's a smorgasbord, all you can eat. Sack 25, on to the show. It's a bonus edition, college football preview part one, part two to come. We got our college football expert, A.J. Hoffman. I'm R.J. Bell. What's part one? Part one is going to be simple. Top 10 in college football. Now, what does that mean from a gambler like A.J.? It means whoever's number one would be favored against any team in the country on a neutral field. Whoever's number two would be favored against any team except number one, et cetera, et cetera. Now, in theory, they could be so close, a tenth of a point, one six, one seven, it'd be pick them. But you get the, the gist, the drift, as the Fonz would say. Now, a lot of debate on what order we should go. Here's my thinking. What do you think? I was going to go four, six, nine, two, three, <laughs> seven, ten, eight, one. But if you want, uh, your way sounds fine. It's less messy, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was funnier than you on your own joke. Thank you. <laughs> Listen, it's time to make some money. No joking. I'm here just to facilitate the transfer of wealth from the bookies to us. The people. The pe well, the, at least the people that listen to this pod. But here's what we think of the bookies. And, I mean, you might disagree. You might know a bookie, think he's nice. Yeah, don't turn your back. Cockroaches. Cockroaches, yeah. All right, we could make a big ado about this, but let's just get going. Team number, oh, what was it, four? Yours? No, 10. Team, <laughs> team number, number 10. 10, the Miami Hurricanes. All right, so let's compare team number 10 to two different numbers. One is, what are, is, there, is the AP or anything out yet? No, not out no yet. Polls. No top 25s. Right, then let's say, where are they in the, the, the future ranking stack? They are 14th. 
All right, so this is a team you like better than the market. Better than the market. Cristobal, new, hit me. Yeah, new head coach. And I, and I think you've got to have a good head coach and you've got to have a good quarterback, and they've got both. I, I think Cristobal's good, and I think Tyler Van Dyke is elite. Uh, it, it, so I'm going to say Cristobal, let's put a pin in that because I'm going to disagree, but go ahead. Okay, Tyler Van Dyke last year, he wasn't even supposed to play. Derek King had a shoulder injury in the first week of the season, so Van Dyke gets to come in against an FCS team. It was supposed to be him and and uh, uh, their third-string quarterback battling for this job. Well, Garcia gets hurt, and Van Dyke's the quarterback now. And he went on a run. He was fantastic. Uh, he finished the season six straight games of more than 300 yards and three passing touchdowns. And the the big one came against Pitt, who Heisman Trophy finalist Kenny Pickett at Pitt. And Miami goes on to beat Pitt. And you know who was ranked number seventeen at the time. He throws for four hundred and twenty-six yards. Now they've got they've got a new coach who is bringing in talent by the wazoo. He kills it in the transfer portal. Uh, Cristobal, whatever you think about what he did at Oregon, I, I I think you could say he underperformed. But what he is is a, a talent accumulator. And when you've got a quarterback of this level, I think the goal is to just put enough talent around them and you can make something happen. They've got a good offensive line. Zion, Zion Nelson. Uh, hold on a second. Hold on a second. It's a conversation, buddy. Got you. Relax. Okay. Mackenzie, take a look at this quarterback, Van Dyke. I like Dick Van Dyke, by the way. Funny as F. You ever watched the old Dick Van Dyke? I've seen show? a couple episodes. Laura Petrie. Hmm. I don't know who that is. That was the wife. Oh, okay. Mary Tyler Moore. Okay. Before Mary Tyler Moore show. Gotcha. I liked her too on the Mary Tyler Moore show. Yeah. Who can turn the world on <laughs> with a smile? Like a little piano version of that. That's kind of sad. Who can take a fresh, freckled face? You know, that'd be good, <laughs> wouldn't it? Why haven't you done this? Hmm, I'm busy. But have you, ever, busy. you ever hear like satisfaction done? Like the stones in like a real deadpan? Yeah. You have? I think I've heard William Shatner do it. Oh, I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> There's a version of that I'm going to play between number five and four. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very good. Who, who I, does it? It's an artist you're not familiar with. A little too advanced, I think, for you. Miley Cyrus. No, though she did cover Dylan. <laughs> and you're going to make me lonesome when you go. Um, would you give her credit for that? You got to. So, Mackenzie... I know you don't do a lot of college football data, but PFF has grades on everyone, and there's QBR out, right? So I want to get a feel. AJ's given us counting stats. And, and again, if it was the 70s, I'd say good. But let's see the efficiency, because if, you, if you're passing a bunch and you know, you're accumulating those stats but you're not efficient, that's different than if you are. So get, just take a gander at his uh, game grades, Van Dyke, and then uh, see, you know, see if we can grab QBR. Got it. Cool. Right. Van, Van Dyke, by the way, eighth in the Heisman uh, odds. This upcoming This year. upcoming season, yeah. That seems a little not as high as it would be considering how well you're saying he's doing. Well, listen, he, it's the first time a Miami quarterback's even been in the conversation since Ken Dorsey. So it's uh, it, it's been a while mm-hmm. for Miami to be taken seriously. So their odds right now, 90-1 to one to win the title. That's 14th, Miami Hurricanes. Season win, 8.5. Over 120. Oh, by the way, we're going to do a forced pick on all these over-under. I didn't tell you. And ACC division odds, just to win this division, 5-1. to one. But that's second. So Clemson, 
they're a little later in your. We'll, we'll talk maybe ACC like any betting in the conference when we get to Clemson. Yep. Um, okay, Cristobal, and I know you got more, but let's kind of deal with this stuff now. Is I agree with you. He's all recruiter. X's and O's, I think he's a below average coach. Now, the theory is recruiting is the most important. You get your people in there uh, that are the technicians. How, how well did he do with the transfer? I get theoretically he's supposed to do well. How do we quantify that? Because to me, if you get a new – prior to this year or, or last year, if you got a new recruiting guy in there, you're thinking in year three they're going to be good. Because the freshman that he gets the first year, and usually they're compromised because they come in mid, mid, uh, what would you call it, mid process. Yeah. Right. So in theory, next year is the first year he'd be only really be able to put a mark on the recruits, but the transfer portal changes that. Changed the whole game. Yeah. And, and he has it, the big the big get was Tyreek Stevenson, the cornerback from Georgia. A guy who, obviously, if you're if you're playing in, on the defense at Georgia, you're you're elite. Uh, the last couple years, so he him bringing him in was his big get. But they were twelfth uh, out of all the, the all the D one teams. They had the twelfth most incoming transfers. So the area that he's supposed to be good at, they're not, they're not even as high as you got him ranked. No. So you're saying when you consider all elements of the team, from seniors to all of it. They're the 10th best team, but in the one area they're supposed to have a strength, they're only 12. Doesn't that throw you a little bit? I mean, that's just with the transfers. I mean, they, yeah, but how would it? I mean, we know Miami's not that good otherwise, right? That's why they fired their coach. And this guy isn't a great technician. I'm just worried. If you told me, will Miami be a top seven program in five years, you know, where, you know, you, they're seventh, let's say, typically year to year, I would say, I can see it because it has such a great tradition. I just worry. People are going to overreact to that optimism, especially early in the year. So, what would what would your force? Um, I mean, I guess you'd have to like the over here, right? Because you got to. I do like the over with Miami. Now, is it a is it a bat or is it a lean? Uh, it's a lean, and I, I'm not, certainly out of any. Is it going to be everyone's? Like, no, it's the first one. I'm just asking. I'm just but asking. But I'm I'm definitely out of line with the market on Miami. I'm higher on Miami than than the market. Well, continue. Is. Well, that we like that, right? Is having a, if you don't have an opinion, you're, the, the work's useless, right? Right. Because in theory, it's always the same as the market. I'm not saying you are. I'm saying if you were. So continue making the case. So they've got an All-American candidate uh, at left tackle. They've got three returning starters, and they've got a good running back in, in Jalen Knighton, who kind of went under the radar because Van Dyke was so good last year, but he had a good season as well. Defensively, they were very inexperienced last year, but they, they were good recruits. The assumption is these all these freshmen that were playing last year as freshmen take a leap this year because, you know, they – it's hard to have a, a very young defense be elite. I think that they all step up a little bit this year. They had six freshmen getting regular time last season on, on defense, most of them starting, but six of them getting meaningful snaps. Uh, and a lot of those were in the, in the secondary. So uh, having a young secondary is tough. I think a year of experience goes a long way for those guys. So McKenzie came through here. PFF grade, he had the 10th um, best of all returning quarterbacks. And his QBR last year was 11th best in the country, which means some of those guys didn't return, so it's even better relatively. Okay, does that align with your thoughts? That aligns with me, yeah. Okay. Um, tell me, where's their big games at? Because road home. Their two, their two toughest games are road games. One is at Texas A&M, uh, which is in week three. 
and you'll you'll note Texas A&M. Their top four game or the first four games, otherwise. Texas A&M is not in my top ten. So that, but that who's the top four? The first four because I think they're going to start slow. Transfer portal portal. I hope there's some tough games early. Bethune Cookman. Oh, uh huh. Southern Miss. Oh. A&M and Middle Tennessee State. Not so high. Uh, I'm still going to press the button on you. Okay. Well, so on we'll the on the over because it's an opinion. Yeah, we'll okay. just do a hundred, and uh, so it's going to be I uh, I get plus one ten because you got because we take the vig out, so it's minus one twenty on the over eight and a half. We take out the vig and make it uh, one ten. Okay. And uh, I get I'm getting plus money. I think they're going to win eight games. Okay. Anything else? Uh, their their second their next toughest game is at or their their toughest oh, game yeah. is at Clemson. That's that's the two, their two toughest so games they have are on 12 the twelve game schedule. Twelve game schedule. So if they lose four, I win. If they lose three, you win. Correct. And you think what's the early line on the A and M? Uh, they're they're going to be about a seven point dog. Okay, so we got two losses in the books. Yeah. What do you think, McKenzie? Without any college football expertise, I kind of lean in your direction. Somehow I thought you would. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that right, Panama Jack? Listen, right. that's, the sa- that's the safe side. Well, Siding with RJ is... No, well, because history says you get paid. Yeah, listen. Let, let's take a quick little aside. I came up with a baseball play live on the air that was in hindsight they should write a book about. Very strong. How? By the way, you were following up with some games you liked. How how'd they do the next day and stuff? You were saying you were thinking the next day. It was about fame. Uh, about the, the Yankees, yeah. or the, excuse me, the Astros go, going yeah, to. Yeah. Uh, well, the, you remember what we were talking about? Yeah, Astros lost, or the Astros won. They, they, so they, would your pick have won? My pick would have lost. Yeah. Listen, stick to the college. Got it. Did you do college baseball? No. Why not? Because I don't, I don't watch college baseball. Okay, it's official. It's a little listen. I'm out of my element and call. I'm usually betting your picks, but I'm still. I got. I got balls. Who we kid? <laughs> so I've got under nine and a half. No, eight and a half wins plus one ten for RJ. Hundred wins me hundred and ten. Hey, you can buy some any pizza you want with the hundred and ten dollars. You can. Number nine. Number nine. The Oklahoma Sooners. And okay. this is one where I'm a little bit lower than the market on Oklahoma, it seems. All right, so what, Oklahoma is tied for seventh in their odds, 50 to 1. And good job getting that up, McKenzie. Season wins under nine or nine and a half, and it's a slight lean, minus 120 under. And their odds to win their division. Now, does the Big 12 have a division? No, it's all, it's all one conference now. How do I know that? And McKenzie doesn't. It's a good question. Two should say conference, my bad. They're the favorite, the favorite to win the Big Eight, is it now? It's still the Big <laughs> 12, but there's there's 10 teams for now. New coach? Yep. From Clemson's D.C., and we've got a situation where you got to wonder if they're going to the SEC in all the tumult in college football, how does it affect these teams, and this is the first one. Yeah, well, Oklahoma has had a lot of quarterback success under Lincoln Riley, he developed Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, Spencer Rattler, Caleb Williams. A lot of good college quarterback Spencer play. Rattler. Spencer Rattler had a really good season at, at OU, and then he lost his job. He had a really good season the year before. Yes. Okay. And then he lost his job to Caleb Williams. But uh, the, the first guy to get a shot in the post-Lincoln Riley era is Dylan Gabriel, who he was very good as a freshman at UCF under – the new OC, Jeff Levy, who came from Ole Miss. Here's the problem that I have. Oh, 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 he was at UCF, but it's, he came from Ole Miss. I'm so he, they were both at Central Florida. Okay. Levy left to Ole Miss. Uh-huh. And, and he was at Ole Miss for a year? Uh, yes. 
And then that guy played at Central Florida. Kept playing again. at Central Florida. Under a new OC. Yep. And was it a new coaching staff entirely or just the OC left? Yeah, new, new coaching staff entirely. Right. He stayed. Now, there was a portal last year, right? With yeah. almost the same freedom. So he decided not to go anywhere. Well, that. he played at Central Florida last year, but he got hurt really early in the season, only played three games, broke Doesn't his collarbone. Doesn't change the bone. fact, though, that he was, he could have, before the season started, he could have. He could have transferred. Transferred. He didn't. He didn't. And now he is. That tells me he really likes the OC. Uh, yeah, uh, certainly he likes so. Jeff Levy. Right, Here's my problem with Jeff Levy. He's you mentioned the new the new head coach Venables, who great defensive coordinator. I'm surprised this is the first time he's got a head coaching job. Well, remember Clemson was paying him out the wazoo. What he's never dealt with before Jeff Levy's offense, which is very very fast. Melts. So by number of plays, how quickly number of plays per take, game, how long they let the play clock run down to. Yeah, Ole Miss last year averaged eighty and a half plays per game. Wow, they were, they were that's the fourth, great research. Fourth fastest team in the country. So who was the first, the second, and third? Uh, I know the first mm-hmm. would, would have been Western Kentucky with Bailey Zappi. Are you sure about I'm that? Positive about that. Can he check that place? But I, I don't know who two three. Wake Forest was first. North Texas was second. My buddy's there. And Duke was third. I stand corrected. Yeah, man. Yeah. I stand Kentucky's corrected. 14th. Slow bums. You know who played at Western Kentucky? Bailey Zappi. Well, I said in past tense. Is he gone? He's gone. You know who else did? Who? Casey Armstrong. I'm not familiar. You say you're a Howard Stern fan. Don't remember Casey Armstrong? Oh, I was there trying to think of like a, a football player or something. He was like a I guess like a, a an NFL player is what at I was Western thinking. Western Kentucky. Okay. He uh, he was an option quarterback. Was he really? Yeah, look up Casey Armstrong, Western Kentucky. What year would that be? So he was, it's probably like late 90s. He's a handsome I, I, guy, too. Well, he was. Oh, has he gone downhill? It's a horror story. No, I, <laughs> I was going to say horror story. Is No, I mean, at the end of the show, he was like taking, if I recall, maybe I'm misremembering, he was taking like a antidepressants, putting on weight. He was like seems to happen to a lot of people on that show. He was a driver. Uh, he was driving around uh, girls of ill repute, oh. you know, bodyguarding and stuff. At least that's the way they presented it on the show, <laughs> upon my recollection. Normally, when someone leaves the show, they never get talked about again. Well, that's if they leave under bad terms. Okay. But if they leave under good, but Howard, I think everyone leaves under bad terms because he doesn't like people leaving. But um, <laughs> let's think. No, he died. Well, it's funny. One of the famous shows is when he. He had a guy that was going to be the, uh, it was like the e-producer, the guy that was the head video, you know, TV guy. And he was there like six, seven years. I can't remember what his name was. Doug Greenstein? I can't remember. But um, he he got a job too. I can't remember if it was, but it was one of the reality shows that would have been a B-level one. But I'd been on like six or seven years. So it was a it was a mainstay that kind of got decent ratings. It wasn't Survivor. What you know. Right. And he was gonna be like the third producer. So meaning the other two had left. So maybe the show could be over in a year, the theory. You know, yeah. so Howard's like, you should stay here. And you know, he left and the last day, instead of a celebration, it was just a long diatribe about how he's making a mistake and stuff. But, you know. We were talking about Mackenzie's potential borderline personality disorder. Fear of abandonment is is one of the keys to that. And uh, and I'm no psychiatrist. No. But with Mackenzie, I've had to become an amateur <laughs> psychiatrist. <laughs> so forced. Did you get KC stats? I saw that he punted in 1996. I haven't been able to get a profile from him. Okay. So how how did you see that he punted? 
I googled Casey Armstrong Western Kentucky, and the box score came up from 1996. So it's probably not too hard after that, right? Go to the season stats <laughs> for for Western Kentucky, right? I'm on it. All right. So it looks like based on if this, and I I don't buy into spring games as much as some people mm-hmm. do, but. The spring game, which was a 48-minute game, had 67 plays. All right, so convert that to the 60 minutes, and it's? 85 plays. So Even higher than what he did at Ole Miss. Let's be clear. Last year, the number one team in the country, Wake Forest, you got that? Yep. 81.4 plays. <sighs> so this means the distance, the three and a half plays that they'd be ahead is like the difference between number one and like number eight or nine, right? So it's like we're talking about now again. It's a spring game, but sure? if anything, you think they'd be slower in a spring game because they're not as a. I mean, this guy just came in a month ago or whatever. Yeah. So this is a sign. This is either a fugazi, and they're trying to fool people, or it's a statement of intent. Yeah, I would think if if you were. I don't think he's trying to fool people. I don't either. If you were Brett Venables, you'd want to have a deep defense. Uh, if you were going to run with a, a higher tempo offense mm-hmm. than what you're used to, well, when don't you want a deep defense? Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I think there's like it, it, Georgia didn't have a lot of rotation players last well, year. They were, but the, the theory is they were there ready to go if they needed to be, right? Sure. So you're talking about okay, I get that. So it's not really how good the players are; it's what kind of rotation you have. Yeah, how, okay. like how many guys you're going to play in a All game, right, in, I accept in a given that. game, and most in. Brett Venables, a lot of his defensive transfers came from group of five schools. So came from Hawaii and Appalachian State. So how would he have been in a position to scout all them? Because really, in theory, it's a great defensive coordinator that should have a great um, recruiting edge with a defensive player. You're thinking, this is my guy. We're going to focus on defense. Now, the catch-22 is if we're running 85 plays a game, maybe that's not going to happen eventually. But if they do go fast... I think it's an A-plus for Venables just because you don't win anymore. And in Oklahoma, you you don't go 8-4 and and everyone's okay. So if you want to be like an Iowa State or, you know, like be decent, it's not going to work there. You got to compete. You know, you got to at least be top 20 the first year. And then, you know, and then from there, and I know they're ranked higher, but let's be honest, it's all, you know, a lot of these recruits aren't his. But I guess my point is – for them to ever win a national title or even make the playoffs with four teams, they've got to go fast. Because who goes slow and wins anymore? Georgia and Alabama. I mean, that's well, it. Does Alabama go slow? Uh, they, they were slow. They were slower last year than they were in prior years. But, but yeah, they probably the they wouldn't be slow. In the country. Yeah, they wouldn't be slow last year. Okay. And what was and Clemson was middle of the road. Yeah, Clemson's been middle of the road. But although, like I said, Dabo says that's going to change this year too. Yeah, I mean, I think offense is king. And just hiring a defensive coach, you got to, you know, I, I think in the pros you don't question it as much because it's not about recruiting. But if you're if you're a receiver, do you really want to go to a defensive team? Yeah, and teams like Georgia and Michigan who made the playoff last year going slow, it's because they had elite elite defenses. Except Michigan's it, it, another example where even with the confluence of events that allowed them <laughs> to win, and let's be honest, that was a confluence of events. No doubt is. They, they weren't even in it. It's like, they, they what was their odds of winning against Georgia, then beating Alabama? Less than 5%. He smells. So, to me... <laughs> I forgot. I've almost forgotten about that. It's been so long. <laughs> well, it's back, baby. Yeah. It's, Welcome back, college football. 
but here's the here's the thing. If if Michigan can't do that with Harbaugh, how do you win with defense? Maybe if you're Clemson, maybe, but they seem to be dropping off too. And maybe Sweeney uh, Dabo changing is a sign of admission that it has to. That's a good possibility. So I would. It might be problematic this year if they go super fast. But boy, for long term, you think long term it's a good thing. I, I mean, think about how good team. I guess even if Brett Venables' defense isn't as great as it was at Clemson, but the offense is that much. If they if they turn into an well, offensive how could juggernaut, it be as much as Clemson's like one of the top five recruiters in the country, right? And I don't think Venables is going to be that. I don't think so either. Don't forget Bob Stoops. In the last ten years wasn't. I mean, listen. We can say it wasn't impressive. It wasn't. He wasn't a championship contender. He wasn't big game Bob anymore. Yeah. And I'll tell you this right now. I mean, obviously, Lincoln Riley w- had better results than any. I mean, how many years was he there? Three or four? Four, I believe. I would make the case. it was. He, I bet if you look at any four years, and Bob had a championship, but you look at any four years and add up their AP finish, the theory is the lowest number is the best. I don't think Bob had four years lower than what Lincoln was. Probably not. For. So, I mean, to some degree, going back in time, I'm not sure that's very smart. And let's not forget before Bob Stoops, there was a long stretch of futility. There was a Blake, a black coach named Blake, I remember, that was any good. Um, I just, you know, remember. And then, I mean, obviously Schellenberger wasn't any good after he came from Miami. I mean, look at the list. What are you smiling at? I'm just trying to think of the – it's funny that you uh, – Is is it Jeff Blake? I, I no. Yeah, it's, Jeff Blake. Oh, was it mm-hmm. Jeff Blake? Mm-hmm. Oh, Jeff sorry, Blake? John Blake. Yeah, Jeff Blake was a quarterback. No, John Blake. Jay Blake. Jay. Yeah. Yeah, they haven't had a lot of coaches though. It's much. It's kind of like Pittsburgh. Uh, well, the, the coaches between uh, Switzer and, and and Stoops. Okay, it's uh, oh, it's between Stoops. Uh, you've got Stoops. No, no, I, I'm saying from Switzer, that's past to yep. Stoops. The most recent. sorry, Switzer. Gary Gibbs, 89 to 94. Not good. Schnellenberger, oh, one they, year. They wheeled him out. <laughs> one year. Uh, John Blake, 96 to 98. Stoops, 99 to 2016. Yeah. And, they, and Stoops won a title his second year. And I know he played. I was at the, uh, I was at the LSU National Championship game against Saban in, in uh, New Orleans. That wasn't good. No. Oh, man. We saw, those LSU fans were, were shouting. The, I mean, the, we were there. Like it was New Year's Eve. It was the game was like maybe the second or the third. I can't remember. But so New Year's Eve and Marty, you know, down in the French Quarter was crazy. I mean, like you literally. I, I, listen, I've been to a lot of places. I, you know, I've lived in Vegas twenty years. <laughs> I've never had it where the crowd was so dense that at one point I got picked up. Like it got so tight around me. It's like I, I you were off my your feet. feet weren't on the ground <laughs> and we got moved. Like it started moving. I'm like trying to struggle to get, I mean, it was like, that's how kids die at concerts. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, and I, I mean, at the time I was, you know, a good two ten. So, I mean, it wasn't uh, you know, I don't know. It was just pretty intense. It was pretty intense. It wasn't fun. Well, we finally got off the main street. You go over two streets and you could walk. Right, because there's just that one. Right, you've been to New Orleans. Yeah. Great food, the best. You like them beignets? I bet you. I bet you get that and go dipping down in no. and try to get the extra. Sugar. I'm not a sweets guy. I'm I'm there for the seafood. I'm, I'm there oh, for, combo? for for that stuff. Yeah. Local, oh, you ever? Oh, in Houston, I tell you, I, I I think I've said this once or so, is maybe twice. I spent uh, my best buddy George was uh, down under Dimmel at Houston. And I think two years, three years, I can't remember. And uh, I went down there two separate one-week 
times. I mean, this is back in what, 2003 or maybe before that, 2000. Oh, so in both times it was during the spring and it was now how long does the craw season go crawfish season's like good crawfish season is like about six or eight weeks okay a year is it all in a row yeah okay because what happens is every play there's just an abundance of them yep. right so every place is like pound of crawfish like 2.99 or oh, whatever yeah. so if you've never and they have a buffet here it's not the same you know they come out and, they and they're boil. tiny they have little boils right yeah. that's what it's like a verb let's yep. get, let's get, yeah so, but all the, I mean, it's right out of the uh, uh, Gulf of Mexico, yep. right? Oh my God, the seafood down there is good. Yeah, it's good. Houston and, and New Orleans, all, that, that area, the Gulf Coast has some really good food, underrated food. Well, I think New, or- New Orleans isn't underrated. New Orleans is not underrated. Houston is underrated. All right, back to the show. Back to all the right, show. So, so, anyway, let's, let's get very specific. Any last points and then let's do a pick. Uh, the, the last point is Oklahoma won 10 games last year. And well, not counting their bowl game against Oregon, but to win ten games and expect them to, the, their number set at nine and a half again this year to expect now, is all teams playing twelve games or yes. there's no thirteen game team. No. All right. So in this case, the total is nine and a half. So they lose two or less, it goes over yep. three. Remember, these season wins never count any unscheduled games. Conference championships. Yeah. Bowls, bowl games. Exactly. All right. Now, if there's a if there's games canceled or whatever, they usually will void the ticket and and you'll get a refund. All right. Now, you made a point that number nine, number eight in pre-production, and number seven are are pretty close. I feel like they're all pretty close. So amongst these three, though, you got Oklahoma as the worst. And what's your force pick over under nine and a half? Under nine and a half. Is that a bet? Or it is a bet. So you like so far of the two you like this bet. Yes. But somehow I was able to press the button on your on your lane. Yes. All right. Now, here's what as I, as you tend to do. Well, no, I just you smell try, a little blood in the water. I just try to find a li- listen, I How's know. your opinion on this? Uh, it's a lean. Ding. Ding. But but listen, here's the thing. I I I, I well, look. I I know big if you're 50 and a half percent you should want it. So no, give, you're right. Give me, give me. Now, just in honor of number nine, I thought I'd do this before we go to number eight. Six, seven, eight. Nine. Number nine. Nine. Number nine. Now, number eight. Number eight. Same conference, the Texas Longhorns. Ooh, so the Red River shootout. Pick them. Pick them. I got it. Uh, I, Texas is going to have a very new look this year, and that's great news for Texas. It, Tom Herman left Texas in a pretty bad spot from but a Tom talent Herman standpoint. Tom Herman didn't coach last year. No, okay. but he left them in a pretty bad mm-hmm. spot talent-wise. Sarkeesian, we talked about uh, good recruiters, Cristobal being one of them. Steve Sarkeesian is turning into one of the best recruiters, period. And things are things are working. Now, the, when did – is it is it the, the Manning thing? Or would you have said that before the Manning? I would have said that before. It was pretty well – I mean, he was the chief recruiter at Alabama when he was there. And how long you, ago you, was that? A few years back when he was the OC there. Okay. And Cristobal also was the chief recruiter, right? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, although, I guess it's not, the, it's not the hardest thing to do to recruit to Alabama. Well, no, it but, is if you're going for – I mean, listen – you ever see you see who Nick Saban lost to his freshman year or his first year? Remember they lost a one double A team. Oh yeah. I mean, and they were seven and six. 
if I remember correctly. Yeah. So, I mean, you think that program, Saban's coming in and losing six games. You think that program was left in good shape? It was not left in good shape. So he built it back. I mean, so, yeah, you're right. It's hard to bring a program out of nowhere, but it, it's not e Sometimes these programs, they go down and they never come back. Yeah. Right? And um, Texas needed a big offseason to get back on track, and I think they got it. I'm a believer in Quinn Ewers. I, I thought when he went to Ohio State, he was the number one quarterback recruit in the country. He was the, he was the highest-rated quarterback recruit period since Vince Young. So that's how good Quinn Ewers and was let's regarded. Forget, Vince Young was maybe the best, one of the best, if not the best college football player ever. Exactly. So Quinn Ewers goes to Ohio State. He runs into C.J. Stroud, who has a phenomenal year. Quinn Ewers doesn't get on the field as a freshman. He transfers to Texas. Ah, it's, it's competition's too tough. <laughs> it's an Instant upgrade for Texas. Casey Thompson it shows quarter. you where Ohio State is compared to Texas. No doubt. I mean, Ohio. Our, our cast-offs win national championships. That's quite more, possible. More, more than we do. <laughs> quite possible. But I think Quinn Ewers instantly legitimizes this offense, who already has probably the best running back in the country, and Bijan Robinson it was about six six yards per carry last season. It, is a Heisman contender again this season. And oh, hold on, what was Texas's record last year? Texas record was five and seven last year. And they lost this, to Kansas. Did yours dude play? He did not play. Okay, so this is a transfer for this year. Yes. And we haven't seen him play in college. He's taken two he snaps. He couldn't handed, make the field. Handed it off twice. Good. So he has me and him have the same amount of completions. Correct. Okay. So now do you instantly discount him because he's highly touted? No, I know that no, no, no. But what I'm saying is what what is the hit percentage? Now, you made a point when we were doing some stuff on your buddy Arch, is <laughs> yours was one of a small handful that had like a what was it? The a perfect, perfect grade. Explain yeah. that. Uh the 24-7 gives their quarterbacks a grade. There's been three perfect grades given out. During what time period? Since uh, 2002, I think, 2003. That's 20 years. Yeah, last 20 years. So it's like once every six to seven years. Except it's two in the last two years and once back in 2002. Or, or it was Vince Young, Quinn Ewers, Arch Manning. So wait, in, in, the last, in this century, there's been two or three quarterbacks with a perfect grade and they all three went to Texas and two of them will be there at the same time. Yes. That's suspicious. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. And maybe the grading's gotten more lenient. It could be. Because, I mean, if you can't, why did Shroud go running somewhere? No, he said, I'm going to stand here. Well, I don't he care. He had the job. Score, smurfic score, he said, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, he had the job. C.J. Stroud played so well last year. It, it, I wouldn't have expected you to play but, but this now, year. But now, well, yeah, because he got whooped. So how can he be an upgrade at Texas? I guess they're that bad. They were that bad. Yeah, C.J. I mean, Stroud. how could an outcast, oh, wait a minute. C.J. Stroud Burrow. was running one of the best offenses in the entire country. The, well, look, Joe Burrow's got outcast. He didn't turn out to be anything. Uh, he worked out all right. Well, and didn't Oakland, Alabama have like two receivers from us in the last couple? Of, I mean, wasn't there, there there were a couple outcasts there? The, the, the two guys that got drafted, and then they get they get yeah. I mean, what the hell? I don't like this transfer portal. <laughs> I think you should. You know, Nebraska used to go five deep, and they wouldn't let you out. That's your it. Scholarship. I like good old days, man. Load 16 tons. What do you get? Okay, title odds. Texas, 66 to 1. 666 is the mark of the devil. We're not saying there's any connection there. That Se is a fact. Season wins. 
Read Revelations. Season wins eight and a half, a little vig to the over, 115. And then the odds in the Big 12 division, north. Nope. Oh, south. Nope. <laughs> oh, okay, conference. Plus 250, the second favorite behind. Oklahoma. I'm thinking I want a third. Is there any team higher than these two coming up in the Big 12? No. Who's your highest rated Big 12 team otherwise? Baylor. How, what is, where are they about in your rankings? Uh, probably low teens. So like 11, 12, 13. Like probably 15 or 16. Okay, that's not low. That's I, so I mean, yeah, further down Man. into the teens. Okay. Mackenzie, give me the Baylor's uh, conference odds. They're 6-1. to one. All right. I'm doing a best bet. Right now. All right. Right now. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Buy up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. Yankees on the run line. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with Baylor. To win the Big 12. Okay. Is that who I want, Barrel? That's, you, that's who you're saying. Because here's the thing. Oklahoma's going to struggle, and it's going to become a pressure cooker there. And Texas, this is the same mistake people make with Miami. They're, what does Arch Manning have to do with this year? Zero. Nothing. You know, he may have to do with some recruiting of freshmen. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Those freshmen ain't doing jack. No. This year, it doesn't matter. If anything, it's going to make him saw. Instead of the tenacity of a month, what could happen if they went 0-12, Texas? He wouldn't get fired. No. He has job Until Arch leaves, he's not going He's got anywhere. a job, unless Arch decommits. Or, yeah, unless Arch says, I don't like you anymore. Then he's <laughs> fired that night. But think about it. Like, where's the pressure? Where's the intensity? They're worried about getting Arch's room right. Make sure the cable, they, he likes the package they got. <laughs> Right or wrong? I think that they believe that Quinn Ewers is as good as Arch Manning. Then why even get Arch? You think you really think Arch Manning is coming there thinking he's not going to play? How many? I think Arch Manning doesn't expect to play his first year. Okay, so he's not. He's a senior in high school this year. Mm-hmm. And how many years does Ewers have? He he's got four more if he wants them. But okay. I so, I think I don't think he'll be around for four oh, years. Oh, you, oh, he's just going straight NFL, huh? What percent? Now let's look at this. What percentage of these guys? Obviously, we can't go um, perfect because there's so few of them. Let's go down so we get um, I don't know, an average of two a year. So how deep on that list would we have to go to get 40 guys since 2000? Four. I mean, we could just take the top two every year. It doesn't matter what the ranking. No, is. it doesn't matter. Right? No. And well, and how many of those made the NFL? The majority of them make the NFL. No, I don't think so. The when majority. You say majority. The, you mean like eleven out or like twenty-two out of forty? I, I think of the the, the number. What, the research I did was the number one quarterback for each year, mm-hmm. and I want to say fifteen out of twenty made the NFL. All right, but how many would have came out early? Like, like let's assume a first-round pick. Is tantamount to your worth coming out. No one's coming out early, usually for a second round pick. Right. So, how many went first round? Not many. Five. Five out of 20. Yeah. So, I put those odds about 25%. Yeah. So, why would Hewer be the guy that got run off at a high state? Why would he be one of the 25%? And if he's not, then they're they're happy to have Arch Manning. But I, I, like I said, well, if he's, well, that's the thing is who starts then? Then what does he do? Like, he'll transfer. He just transferred. He can't transfer he again. He did. He can't. But and he has to wait out a year. That was good. That's the rules until probably the start of next month. They're, they're changing they're, that again. The NCAA is changing me. it again. No, they're let them transfer as much as they want. Unlimited transfers, oh, one per stu- year. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I agree. 
I mean, because no one's going to, I mean, why do you want so much tumult? I mean, you're getting a free school. You know what it should be? Now, that's interesting. If you want to come there and not take the scholarship, just take the NIL money, maybe you have more freedom. Maybe that's the rule, right? You want a scholarship? Now you get you get one, you know, like limit the trans. Now, if if it's true free agency, let it be. But you shouldn't get a scholarship and free agency. I agree. But have you ever heard of that solution? I've not. I just invented it. That's smart. What do you think? I think it's pretty strong. Hmm. I'm gonna workshop it. <laughs> All right. So anyway, I do. I mean, I actually like. I mean, do you not like Baylor at those odds? Uh, I, I don't like Baylor as much you as I like Texas. It? You want to book it? Just a hundred to win four hundred. Yeah, book it. Yeah. <laughs> Suck them in, baby. Suck them in. Mark that up. Gotcha. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Don't we go no big? You should at least give me four. No, nah, we've already at said least four give to me one. Four. No, well, you got six to one because that's what the odds were. Right? Oh, great. I thought you said four to one. Nope, six to one. Ooh, 100 wins me six. Now, did you do good shopping on that? How many books did you look at? Those are the odds I saw at the first book. So why in the heck would you give me that? Like, I only have one out? Let me shop around. I would think so. So we'll see what the odds are. I don't want to... I don't want to go more than six to one. We want the market price. Well, let's see what the market. Maybe you'll say I can't book you because it's too good of a. Listen, bet. if the if the market wants to give you more than six to one, let the market give it to you. I will. So <laughs> so we'll see if it's better out there than you know. And you can say I will not give you market. Okay. I, I refuse to book you, even though bookies are supposed to make a lot of money. I think the biggest upgrade Texas made outside of quarterback was hiring Gary Patterson. Uh, as a special assistant on the defense, the defense was bad last year. It was it was really bad. Boy, that that looks make, makes Sark look bad. Why? We're talking about the OTCU coach. Yes, he's like one of the top. Like he was probably one of the top five or six coaches in the country all those years. I thought he was unbelievable. And that game when they went to the uh, Rose Bowl and out physical Wisconsin TCU. Remember yeah. that? That was he's a hell of a coach. Why does that look bad on Sark? Because you got to bring in like daddy has to come and like take care of the defense. Like he's like he's like he's a, a 31 year old like the boy genius. I've never heard I, such I, a I, thing. Like uh, it, like it's a bad thing to have good coordinators around it, you. But not good. But I mean, it's like maybe listen. Maybe you're right because I look at Alabama and I think Saban is obviously the king. Anyone that comes in there is going to be subordinate. And the fact they're willing to come speaks to how great Saban is. And the fact he's secure enough to have him in there, you know, these guys that are head coaches in the NFL, that's a good thing of Saban. With, with Sarkeesian, I'm thinking, the, I mean, the guy's beloved apparently in the media, mm-hmm. but as a head coach, he's a disaster. I mean, like, he got fired. What, what was it for? Drunk? Drinking, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, on the job, he's drunk. Yeah. And listen, we all listen. You got to be able to make a mistake and pay for it. And yep. I'm not saying he hasn't. But what's been the? Where is the? Then he has a, a disastrous year at Texas. I mean, what was their win total last year? It wasn't four. No, it wasn't four. I mean, so they probably went like th- two and a half games under yeah. their win total. And now you got to bring in the senior. Was this decided before or after Arch? Before. Wow, that surprises me. That was him trying to almost save his job in a way. It feels like. They were going to fire him after one year. I, I mean, no, but, I mean, one more year. And so he's bringing in someone. That, I think he just looked at it as our, our defense was really bad last year. We've got to do something to fix it. Gary Patterson was available. It seemed like a no-brainer to me. Well, but, no, no, I'm not saying you're wrong. But you would say that, like, when McVay brought in Wade Phillips, or it wasn't even his decision, I don't know. Right. The theory was you're not ready to be a head coach. But we think offense is so important. We're going to give you the money 
but you kind of let him run defense for a while. Then after a couple of years, he was ready to take over everything, brought in Staley, and now he's got his third DC, Raheem. Uh, Philip? What's Raheem? Morris. Morris, yeah. yeah. And, you know, former, uh, was with Tampa, right? Or yeah, Atlanta, former, former Atlanta. Bucks head coach, Atlanta, D.C. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and he took over for Atlanta mid year. Uh, yeah, when Quincy got fired. Right, Jim. Uh, who, Dan who? Quinn got fired. Quinn, Quincy, yeah. the, the um. That's what his friends call him. Quincy. No, 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 no. The medical examiner, Quincy MD. You never saw that? <laughs> I did not. That, really? Did you ever see this? You watch Seinfeld, right? Religiously, okay. I have seen every episode. Now I want you to think about this a second. Remember when Kramer was dating someone uh, downtown? <laughs> yeah. All right, and remember he was sitting on the couch. And he goes, Jerry, I've got <laughs> Sally on the phone or whatever her name was. He goes, you won't believe this. I'm watching Quincy here, and she's watching Quincy there, and it's on at the same time. <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah, I do. It was Quincy. The magic of modern technology. Uh-huh. I just looked up Gary Patterson's record at TCU, mm-hmm. 181 and 79. At TCU. And, yeah. and if you look at his first three or four years, it was horrible because he had to build them. For, so, like, take look at his – what was his first couple there? I'll have to look this up. Because, I mean, it was year. like – I think he went three and nine the first year, if I remember. Maybe I misremember it. And they started out bad last year, and they were like, okay, you're gone. And they, it was a mutual agreement to part ways, which – you know, maybe at some point you need a, a new voice in the room, I guess. Except when you have the kids turning over every four years, what's the difference? Uh, first year, 0-1-1. Second year, 6-6. Six 0-1? Six. Oh, yeah, I guess he, he was a, an interim the first year for the bowl game. For his, first re- his first regular season was 6-6. Six and six. All right, how about the second one? 10-2. and two. Okay, so if we take out the 6-7, and or take out the six and seven, his record uh, career there was? It was 175-72. One, one one seventy five and seventy two. That's over fifty percent. That's yeah, that's better than fifty percent. Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you that that's impressive. And so is uh Chris Del Conte, the the GM or the, the GM, the athletic director at Texas, mm-hmm. has wor- had worked with Gary Patterson going back to like the eighties at UC so you Davis. Do re- you do realize that now here's the question. Did the D, did the, because here's the thing that people don't talk about. If an AD comes in and he didn't hire the coach, he's looking for any reason to get rid of him because he wants his guy in sure. there. No one's going to say, oh, you didn't hire him, right? So you're putting your ass on the line. And usually if there's someone there that there's a big buyout or what, or, so did he hire this? He guy? hired Sarkeesian, yeah. Okay. He must have had some second thoughts because he was calling in the cavalry. Right. I mean, if you, let, let me ask you a question. If I, let, let, let's say, um, here's a good example. Let's say you had a – we're not talking results. Let's say you had a bad year on air, first year. <laughs> and, and I bring in, like, a guy much more – I bring in – you know, let's not be crazy like Colin because, yeah. But let's say you I bring, bring – in the mad dog. Well, that's too high too. <laughs> but but, but let's, say, let's say someone that was – let's say formerly had – I don't even know who it would be. But, but someone who formerly was not – let's say uh, it, per, Ryan Rosillo. Okay. I bring in Ryan. Never had great success on uh, his podcast. Is doing great, yeah. From what I hear, but back in ESPN, he was fine. You know, it was Van Pelt's show. He was the B guy, but then Van Pelt left, and he was the A guy, and then he left. Which, but he ESPN didn't renew him, so he wasn't doing great. At least that's my my understanding. He wasn't doing great there, but now he's gone to the Ringer, and he's done great. I mean, by just any the metric of that pod. Now, if Rusillo's sitting here, I'm like, don't worry. Don't worry about this. We just thought we needed to have some backbench here. How would you be feeling? 
I, here's why I would feel good. <laughs> good, okay. Yeah, because I'd be making Texas head coach money, and Ryan Rosillo would be making special assistant money, 150 k a year. You even know what special assistant is. I know, I know his, his reported salary is 150000 a year. But you do realize that proves my point. Listen, listen. How much did he make at TCU? I mean, several million. Hundred million, million yeah. or what? I mean, like, how many? What was the year? Like, fifteen years? Twenty years? Yeah. Yeah. So he probably made sixty to seventy million yeah. there. He doesn't need the money, right? He doesn't seem like the type that's overspending just from the distance. So why would you take a job with no money in it? Because it's a play on the come. It's not that you can't imagine not working seventy hours a week when he's what is he sixty five? He's an older guy. Yeah. Yeah. You think he could have had one year off? His, his AD called up and said, hey, hey, this guy's a disaster. So I, I think I smell booze on his breath. Now, I'm just speculating possibly. I don't think that's the case. No, I'm joking about that. But the point I'm making is you don't think that he called up and said, we got a problem here. We need someone to be able to step in if things really go disaster. This is before Arch. Yeah. I, so you agree with me? This no, is like- I don't. I, I think that they said our defense is a real issue. And Sarkeesian said, let's get better. And if... So you think it's Sarkeesian's idea? I think I th- it's Sarkeesian and Patterson apparently have a good relationship. What are they going to say? Well, I mean, listen, once you've – let's now imagine the scenario with me and Ryan Rossillo. Let's say now you've already guaranteed me $100 million over the next 10 years. Who's, who's, first off, Texas, that, the money, it's a non-issue. Texas will buy out whoever they need to buy out. They're not going to do it after a year. How bad was that year? It was it was better than what Tom Herman and but, Charlie Strong did. Was it? Yes. What do you mean? Like record-wise? Yes. That's hard to believe. <laughs> so they haven't been better in 500? I'm pulling oh, up their oh, by oh, season okay, right now. Okay. They've had flashes of better than well, over that's 500. What I'm saying. Let's see. Last year, 5-7. and seven. Uh, 7 and 3, 8 and well, 5. Hold on, hold on. So just all the years are better then. Charlie Strong had two five and seven years. Okay, so so the worst year of the past, it was as bad as last year. Yeah, that's not good. No, but it it was like I said, it was a given that the what Steve Sarkeesian inherited. Where did did they go the year the the prior year? Seven Seven and three. That seems like it's okay. Then why did they fire Tom Herman? Because because at Texas seven and three is not okay, but it's better than five and seven. Yeah, why do you like Sark so much? I think he's a good coach. Did he give you an interview or something? No. Right. Why do you like Ryan Rosillo so much? I saw his podcast numbers. <laughs> it's all just numbers to me. No, I, I enjoy his show. I enjoy his show. It's so funny because I I feel like I can like there's a part of me that's like him, and I can see where that part needs to be stuffed way down. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta keep it crushed, and it comes out sometimes. I can't lie, but like he, he gets like he'll get. Like, I don't. You never. Hear, have you ever heard me talk about the past with anger? I might have resignation if I'm if something. But have you ever see me like start getting worked up about something no. ten years ago? I, I've made my peace. One thing. All right, I don't remember, but I made my peace with it mostly. Whatever, right? Good luck, bad luck. Yeah. Screwed over. You know. All right. He will get out about some deposit on a rental property, like his freshman year. He won't let it go. It's like, but it seems like he hasn't even thought of it necessarily for three years. But it will come up because the conversation. They do a cool thing called uh, 
life advice. Yep. Uh, so, I, you know, that's fine. It's a good idea. We could do something like a gambling advice I've thought about. You know, like not super technical, but, you know, hey, I'm betting this much and I've lost a bunch. Now I'm on the credit card. What should I do? You know, that kind of shit. Maybe. But, I always think it's great that Rosillo does a segment called Life Advice when, like, he almost lost his career over well, the, but <laughs> poor the, life choices. Well, but, see, the thing was, I don't know that. What was it? Something about, and again, going by the press report, something about he went in a room or something? It went into wrong. somebody's apartment. But they said that it, that it was proven, at least, you know, I don't know. He said, but it seems like it could be true, that um, it was something where it was an like, it wasn't intentional. It was an honest mistake. Yeah. And so he was drunk. Yeah. Okay. And why would you lose a career that you go in the wrong door? Steve Sarkeesian did. Yeah, but... <laughs> but, but <laughs> to bring it back. Except he, it was on the job. Okay. This is like a Friday night, <laughs> you know, whatever it was. So, listen, I'm, no, I'm not going to be an apologist for Rosillo, but I think in general, for someone that has been on the cusp of the media, of, of, like, the thing about the media is you, by definition, if you're a national media guy, you're in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. In different degrees, Stephen A. versus me is different, but you know it's a different. But especially in a big city, if you're a, a, a you know a leading talk show guy, you are a known person. I mean, you had a car dealership deal. Yeah. I mean, they said we got to give this guy. Did you get a free car? Yeah. We got to give this guy the run of the lot just so he says he likes what was the name of it? Tom Ball Ford. You hoping to get something now? No. Uh, so to me, you've been in the spotlight. Let's think, listen, it's not like you're some rowdy, I mean, these days super rowdy or whatever, but like I'm guessing if there was a few nights if, when you were in Houston, if someone had a cam or had a phone recording you, you'd get some hate. It, a few nights in Austin before I was married. So but, you never had any time that you, if there was a camera on you 24-7 outside your house, you're saying there was never a time that it would have been a problem. It probably would have been a couple uh, problems. All right. <laughs> and I just think we got to be, I think anyone with any heart or soul got to be sympathetic to how wrong some of this stuff is portrayed. You know, the way it's portrayed in the media yeah. is just plain wrong. So unless... You know, it's and listen, media guys like nothing more than to knife other media guys because they cause they think they can you know climb up on their shoulders. I don't know what he did. I mean, the fact he didn't lose his job kind of tells you maybe it, it does. wasn't. Yeah, yeah. So, and I like Rosillo. I'm a fan. Uh, you've turned you've turned me onto his pod. I didn't listen to it. I, li- I listen well, to it every week. I actually thought now. you guys. I actually think you guys have a lot of similarities. It's just, uh, and, and 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 he is very good because listen, he did three hours with. He had. Um, I can't remember. Danny Cannell was his yeah. uh, partner after. But he's done a lot of solo radio, and there's just nothing. So when, when Fred was out in Houston, would you go solo or would you have a guest? I'd have a guest. Yeah, it's hard to do solo. Yeah, for three hours especially. Oh, yeah. Like I, doing an hour like on our show I think is totally manageable. Three hours alone, oof. And a lot of those guys do a lot of call taking, but the national yeah. shows don't, like no. Colin doesn't. I mean, I, Colin has the advantage of a lot of production teams. Sure. You know, but still, it's not easy. It's a skill. And it's one of those things that doing it builds the muscle to do it that you, that I don't think anything else could. I think you could do 100 years in, in a multi person setup and not be ready, uh, fully ready. Because to me, it's all about the transitions. Like, I can do the segment, but then it's like, how do you get a transition to the point where you can take a breath, take a drink, 
you know, and, and then reshuffle your papers to get the next thing going. I mean, it, it's tough. You almost have to carry segment to segment. You have to do a full segment on one topic. And then tease to the next topic. But but see, that's late night radio stuff. It is. And that's why, I mean, it just shows you to do, and and that's easier because people don't mind hearing stories or whatever, which is my kind of radio anyway. So, I mean, I like to, you know, I like to have both. I, I would make the case that I'm a better guest now still than I would be even as a host because I, I really am a good guest. I think a lot of the times when I ask you questions on mm-hmm. the, on our show, I think that's when we get some of our best stuff. Yeah, but I also think that since that was what we did for years when I would be on your show. It's our relationship it, is built that well, way. I think at least, it, you know how when you get something familiar? Yeah. Like you, how old were you when you got married? <sighs> oh, you got to know that. I don't know, uh, 25, okay. 26. So... Before that, you probably had relate. What was the longest relationship you had before that? Uh, three years. Okay, so that's a long time. Now, the first question is, and not to get too personal, but <laughs> <laughs> let me see. Oh, there you go. How did it end? No, I don't care. But here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. I'm guessing for a time after that, and even you know the first year or two with the uh, future wife there'd be something that would remind you of something that was good because you stayed for mm-hmm. three years for a reason. And I'm not saying, usually, I don't know what the ratio is. Usually it's the last third of it's bad. You know, so if it's nine months, the last three is bad, whatever. There's some ratio that is typical. I would say it never got real bad. It just got to where... It, Static. If you had to get to the next step, which was it was it would have been time to, as they say, shit or get off the pot. At, I, at age like twenty three, you were feeling that. I think nobody at twenty three, you were. Well, feeling I mean, that? When you, once you've been together for three years, at some point, like you have, you what you make your you move in together, you do something to make your relationship oh, so, official. Wow. Well, no, nobody, nobody wanted to do that. Okay. So it's like, well, what are we doing? Why are we wasting time? Did you cry? Well, I don't think you so. You make her cry. You don't think so? Well, I don't Would think you so. break up with her by postal mail? No. So was, was, she, was she crying? It was a mutual parting of ways. I, it never is. You both decided on the same day to mention it. I think that we just hashed it out and we said, Let's, like, what's the future look like? It doesn't look like us. She, it's okay. Did she cry? Eh. How did it turn out for her? She's, she's married now, happy. But she would trade places with Mrs. Hoffman in a minute. I don't think so. I think she's happy with the way it worked out. Is he, is he a national figure that is having a vendetta against James Harden? No. See? Not that I know of. Who, who wouldn't want that? <laughs> Not that I know of. But but my point being, even after the breakup, even after you maybe met the future wife and it's like, oh my gosh, this could be it. The shit that we're getting off the paw conversation won't be sad. I'll be ready to be married by my mid-20s. <laughs> That's funny. Well, that is weird, though. Like, for a guy that was in the service that was, you know, MMA fighting or whatever, like, you think you'd be pounding around out there getting your fill. You're I, just a family man at heart. Uh, yeah, I guess You're so. Just hoping to get you know locked in. I had like take me off the market, lady. I had like two or three separate one year, eighteen month runs where I sowed some oats, and other than that, I've been yeah pretty easy going. Okay, so in some of those ex relationship, former relationships, there was these good things that you get an echo of, like you'd it'd be it'd be like. Um, Oh, look, we used to eat Chinese food yeah. on Va- Valentine's Day as a joke or whatever. And then you, f- and then that familiarity, that, 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 that whatever you want to call that, emo- not, it's not even a conscious reaction. It's like at a subconscious level you react. It feels familiar and yep. it feels like a good memory. 
I think when we go into that mode, it's different than we are now. And I do agree, it's good. It's just, it's just a different part. You know, you feel in control. Like, you got a new role here because you were, you know, whoever was doing the reads or whatever, you were talking at least as much as Fred. Yeah. Here, it's it's about counterpunching. It's about taking the lead sometime. It's just a new thing. And I think you're getting better, and I think I'm getting better. I mean, it takes, listen, it takes people on air a while. And, and I feel like our rapport was there from the beginning. And now the question is, I think for me, and I'll be candid, is I think what you've shown the audience in the la- or the listeners in the last year is like 70% of your creativity, of your potential, of your upside. And I just think it's a matter of you being, some people, you know the old saying, too dumb to be scared? You're the opposite. Like you are very cognizant of like the risks and like you're out of your element. Most people are never in their element. Most people never are in their depth. So being out of their depth just feels normal. You had, you know, how long were you with that Houston show? Like 12 11 years, years 12 years, years yeah. You were, it was a very comfortable thing. And now you ch- move cities, you moved, um, really, you've gone from where it's talk radio to at least 50% um, gambling talk. Yep. You know, on air, it's more than that. But, you know, the topics we do are probably 50% gambling. And, but even amongst the non gambling topics, we add gambling yeah. in. So it's probably 70 30, but even the topics are just half the time it's picks or whatever. And, even, and you did that. But not rich media. You again. You were number one three years ago. Number you know. So I think that as you start seeing, hey, I've been through it once. Now everything's a repeat now. Right to the point when we did Mike Sando's list, it was a repeat. Yeah. So now you can. That, that marks my anniversary. My yeah. uh, my first day here was August first. Mike, Mike Shando. Mike Shando of the Athletic. <laughs> uh, so that that's beautiful because now you know there's no surprises ahead, and it's, yeah. good for, it's a good pep talk for you. Huh? Thank you. Are we done with eight? Be done so with what's fi- official is over. Yeah. Because Arch Manning's coming. No, Quinn Ewers is coming. All right. And, oh, I, I didn't mention this. I don't know if you're going to like it. They added Ryan Watts, a cornerback from Ohio State. An- the Toss away. T- another Ohio State corner. The the number you, two cornerback in, in his entire class left Ohio State to go to Texas. I Because it, it's too much competition. Must be. Bye. <laughs> we'll be okay. Next up, number seven. Notre Dame. Notre Dame, as I call it. Or Notre Dame. Is it Notre Dame? It's or Notre, Notre Dame. Yeah. Except if you're a hunchback, and then it's Notre Dame. Go. Uh, Notre Dame, obviously, a new coach. And that's that's sort of the big deal. Marcus Freeman takes over as a coach. and What do you think about the way that all went down? Because obviously, there were, I can't remember what pod it was. It might have been Rosillo. Where that guy, it was, actually. That guy was on there talking about the doing the TikTok when he was out recruiting and everything, and it was like, it seemed like, again, I'm not judging, but it seemed like there was some real animosity, not from the coach, but the team felt like that Kelly just did it wrong. I think there was a lot of that feeling. I think with fans, fans were, fans acted like Brian Kelly was ready to go. Like we should, like, but the reality is Brian Kelly's won 11 games a year for the last half decade. Like it's, that's a, yeah, but they could have won. The, they could have been in the final four last year. That him leave, leaving really, really hurt their chances. And we had a bet on it, by the way. Yes. I mean, um, I guess my question is, this new coach. He was a DC. Yep. Where'd the OC go? I don't know where the OC went. I I think he went with Brian Kelly, but I'm right. not 100 yeah, percent sure. Because here's the thing: Would this DC have been hired if if the 
resignation and came more normally and they had a chance to do a surge. Was he considered to be on the brink of a big job? I didn't know that. He, I mean, he's never been a head coach before, That's so I, I just I didn't assume that that was the case. It seems like you would have gone from at Notre Dame. It seems not like a place where you don't want to break in a first time head coach. Yeah, and it brings up the point that usually you would go from Notre Dame's DC to head coach at Iowa State or Minnesota, and then if you can you know do well there, then you go back. Yeah. Right? And, I mean, look at how good Kelly was at Cincinnati before this, so before Notre Dame. So now the question becomes if it was the turmoil within, within the program and the transfer portal being a fear of, Notre, of any team. Hey, you have tumult, people are going to leave. Did they pick the coach that was going to maybe placate the players but wasn't fully qualified? That uh, could be. That could be the case. They didn't want to lose. The resume, you think it's very possible, yeah, right? Yeah, and it seemed like the Notre Dame players were excited that he was the guy. Because they know him, right? The alternative is the unknown. And like you say, when a, a, a athletic director wants to hire his own guy, his mm-hmm. own coach, a new coach comes in, he wants his own players. In this case, the players that are there know, hey, we're we're his players. We're, mm-hmm. we're his guys. So I, I got to tell you, it might help – them not lose players, but come the season, you got to wonder, is he ready? Yeah. Because, I mean, running Notre Dame is very – I mean, being a head coach in, at any level is different because you got to worry about the offense now if you're a defense. But at Notre Dame, it's like a CEO job. Yeah, and Tommy Reese was the OC last year. He returned for – this is year two for him. Okay. The, well, he's the seventh OC in Brian Kelly's tenure there. The, but Brian Kelly's, Kelly's an offensive guy. Yeah. So, to me, that's a good sign too, and it's a good sign if they had their choice of coordinators – that they picked the one they thought was better suited at least, right? Because if both were staying. Yeah. Continue. Uh, so that's the the big storyline is, is it a job is a job too big for Marcus Freeman? And I, I don't know that it's too big to be good like Notre Dame's been good, win 10, 11 games. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. But I don't think that I can say Marcus Freeman's a better coach than Brian Kelly. Uh, and like some of these other guys we've talked about, like Cristobal, like Sarkeesian, Freeman is known as an elite recruiter, and that's going to be – it's something that's probably not going to show up immediately. So uh, Tommy Reese gets his third starting quarterback in as many seasons as, as the OC. He worked with Ian Book. Uh, he worked with Jack Cohn. Now he's going to have Tyler Buckner, who is – didn't didn't play last year. He's a sophomore, but it played only garbage time last year. Uh, so it, it's, a, it's a new coach, new quarterback – totally new thing they've got a really good offensive line that was the strength last year uh especially it, the later half of the season they've got it, it really strong on the interior line and they've got some really good running backs uh they, they lost kyron williams but they've got chris tyree they've got logan Diggs. they've got some guys who are impact guys i don't know that they have impact guys on the outside uh michael mayer i know is good He's he's probably going to be the the first tight end drafted uh, next year, but I don't know that they have any any wide receivers who are going to be the guy that dude. So that's going to be sort of the the question is will someone step up there at that position? Uh, and Al Golden comes in to be the DC. I don't know how much it matters with Marcus Freeman being a defensive minded head coach, but Al Al Golden, the former uh, Miami Hurricanes head coach, he was, he was long time with Belichick, right? Yeah. 
So I, I know it, it, it. Freeman says he sits in the defensive meetings. He says he likes to hear him teach. So I, maybe he ha- holds some sort of reverence to him as a more experienced guy. Mm-hmm. But I, I imagine if at the end of the day, Marcus Freeman's kind of calling the plays on, on defense. He's the guy, the, the go-to uh-huh. guy. It's, I mean, if he was smart, he wouldn't be. Because, I mean, you got, you got, that's always, whenever you get a, a promotion, you want to do your old job because you're comfortable with it. That's yeah. just standard. Um, how Notre Dame, how are they handling the transfer portal? Meaning, are they aggressively going for it? No. They, they are one of the least active, uh, at least of the, the top tier teams. They're one of the least active in the portal. So that is going to be a disaster long term. Because think about it, is if it's not maybe Notre Dame loses less players than a typical school because they're less mercen in a way they're less mercenary. Mm-hmm. But if they if they're losing even half as many as a typical top school, and they're not bringing in hardly any, that's just going to be a leaky boat. Yeah, and th- they haven't done a lot of quantity. They did get some quality. They got an All-American safety, Brandon Joseph from Northwestern, transferred in, and that's big. Northwestern's not a good school at all. Well, but I know, but he was an All-American. I'm just saying academically. Oh, academically, very poor, very uh, inferior to Ohio State. Uh, Everyone knows. Everyone knows that. But losing Kyle Hamilton, who was kind of the heart and soul of that defense at safety, losing him to the NFL. They at least replaced that part, so that's it's one. Like I said, weren't very active in the transfer portal, but the guys that they got are going to be impact guys. Is what it looks like. Rank for me the these three schools academically: Northwestern, Ohio State, Nashville Community College of Radio. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I now again, I don't know. Why did you? Why were you so snarky about? Oh. Yes, Northwestern's worse than Ohio State. Well, everyone, everybody. I didn't know because I, I don't know which school is really better. I, like before I came here and you started uh, school shaming Fez, I actually would have assumed Northwestern was a better school it than is Ohio State. Much better. It's every. I mean, better. It's one of those situations where Northwestern, see, Ohio State doesn't go around bragging about how great they are academically. They're, they brag about their football team. They grab about <laughs> priorities, baby. <laughs> And, and but the reality is, high states like between thirty and thirty-five in the country. Northwestern's what, Mackenzie? Maybe twenty-three. Yeah, right around there. I mean, come on, how Probably big of a difference is that? For as much, not enough to make up for a shitty football as, as program. As much yapping as they do about it, <laughs> and as Mackenzie said, these are just people that couldn't get into the Ivy Leagues, like him. Makes Imagine sense. Imagine that. Yeah. So the Mackenzie's like the top line, then everything's below it. Yeah. No. And then radio college. Well, listen. I've said it once. I said it again. It's amazing that you're even feeding your family. I mean, so what I'm saying is you're you're exceeding expectations. But I'm confused. The more we got into this, it really wasn't radio college. It was you. You were going to be a rock and roll star. No, that's not true either. Well, what was it? I, so I went to an I've audio never heard engineering of rock school. Rock and roll college. It's not rock and roll college. It's a, a what they would call an arts college. Did Bel- Mick Belmont. Uni- t- nope. Uh. Nope. Uh, but they had a great audio engineering program. I thought that's what I wanted to do with my life. Go out on the road, go out, go do some touring. Uh, it turns out that, that's and make some albums. That's what I really like to do. But it turns out there's no money in that. So especially now is with no pro money. Tools. But but 20 years ago or th- whatever, 20 years ago there was money in it. There was. So why didn't you do it? Well, because I was. You're a family man. When I was you trying didn't want to, to be on the road, you want to be cuddled up with Nessie. No, this was before I had a family. But you wanted a family. But to intern at a studio, it was 
basically almost an unpaid internship, and it was like well, yeah. it was hard to afford a one bedroom apartment in if Austin, you want, Texas. If you want a dream, you gotta you gotta take risks, man. Work a second job. Work at Seven Eleven. I did that doing radio, making fifteen k a year doing radio. See, and you, you it worked out. If your dream dying didn't matter, yeah. it wasn't really your... <laughs> my dream adjusted. <laughs> and, and now it's a, the culmination of all dreams. That's it. Now, <laughs> okay, I think Notre Dame's in trouble. What's your uh, so fifty to one to win it, tied for seventh. Season win over under eight and a half, but it's juice to the over minus 140. Force pick. I like over. Really? Yeah, there's two games on their schedule that I think are basically unwinnable for them, but the rest of their schedule just lines up like like free squares. All right, unwinnable. So that means at Ohio State. Okay, so they got, well, who knows, but Uh, trust me. Listen, Ohio State dropped, I mean, they dropped it to Oregon, didn't they? Um, So that gets you to 10. So they can lose one more game, they can't lose two. Right. Read me the game. Uh, Marshall, Cal, North Carolina, BYU, Stanford, UNLV, Syracuse, Navy, Boston College, USC. USC is is, is easy. No, I think I, I think they're better than USC. Who's the second best team after USC, or the fourth best they're playing? Oh, Clemson is the second best that they're playing. Yeah, you said those two are unwinnable. Ohio State, Clemson, I think are unwinnable. USC and who's next? Probably North Carolina. And what would the line be in that game? Notre Dame minus seven and a half. All right, so the question is, if they lose all the games they're supposed to lose, and USC, let's count in there, but you got them ranked higher. Where's that game at? Uh, at North Carolina. The Notre Dame-USC. Oh, uh, at USC. Okay, I like that for my under, I'm thinking. So now the question is, can, are they going to get upset one time? Or if they can pull off, do they get upset twice? Hmm. Now. They've got Clemson at home. I don't know that – I don't think it matters. Uh, And I'm very confident that Ohio State is going to drub this team. It's Uh, early in the year, too. It's the first game of the season for a a brand-new head coach and a brand-new quarterback. Welcome to college football. In a really tough environment for for your first game. Thanks, McKenzie. It's (laughs) over minus 140, he says. Well, the under's plus 120. I go, oh, look, a 20-cent straddle. Imagine that. (laughs) What could it be? Plus 115. Plus 123. I wouldn't bet that. <laughs> you get okay. the best of it. I what got do you, you think about Kyle Hamilton leaving? Who cares? Baltimore and the, the love of their draft. Go ahead. Oh, I think Kyle, I don't know what Kyle Hamilton's going to be in the NFL, but Kyle Hamilton was a, a great college safety. So I, I think it's a it's a big loss. But like I said, they, they did a good job replacing him. Mackenzie, what's the market on this? Is it really over 40 or you, that was just one book? I'm looking for a nine. That was our consensus number, but I get you a better number. Yeah. It was a consensus number. Okay, that's fine. That's fair enough. All right, here's my now, a little teaching moment. Okay. In college football, the half game, in, in the NFL, it's usually worth about 50 cents. In college, it's different. Clemson will be a good example of that. When a team is in a place where they got, like, either zero, like Boise used to be zero losses was expected, yeah. right? So they – what ends up happening is if you could buy down and say, hey, I'll go, oh, let's say it was 12-game season and 11 and a half was the total. Going to 11 was massive. Sure. Because it's like they'd have to lose two games for you to lose. It's almost a free roll at that point. So sometimes that might be worth 100 cents, 120 cents. But typically it's going to be a little less than 
Um, and I, I don't know. That's interesting. I've heard different. Let's just say around 50 cents. But keep in mind, there's extreme cases like without at the very top, or even you can make the case the very bottom, where this team's got a chance to. Let's say their over under is one and a half. They got one easy. You know, they're going to be favored by 19 because it's Division yep. Two, and then they got like one pick 'em game. And, you know, and it's like if you get up to two under, it's hard to lose. Right. Except in those extremes, though. But in the NFL, you rarely ever see that because no team's lined at, you know, half a game or one and a half games. And no team is lined at, like, now it would be 16 and a half right. or whatever. So that's interesting. Something to think about. That is something to think about because, no, I mean, how rare is it for a team to go 16 and one? Or we've seen one team go 16 and 0. I get it. It's, it, it never – in football, college football, it happens – Regularly, a team goes through the under, or the season undefeated. Okay, so this is over 40. That's 30 cents. All right? That's more than half the way there. 20 cents you would need to be the full 50 cents over. Right? So if this was um, over 160, it effectively would be over nine flat. Oh, okay. Right? Because right? it's a 50 cent yeah. adjustment. You want to do, I'll go under nine. But I'll give you 20 cents. So let's think about that a second. Instead of you have, because you're going over, so you got to lay the lumber here. Right. But you don't like laying, well, I guess you do sometimes. <laughs> Is if we go up to minus 160 and then go down 50 cents, it's 110. But now we go no big, so it's pick them. So we would be even money. 100 wins you 100. And I take over or under nine, you take over. And I mean, mathematically, it's exactly fair. Okay, I I don't understand that math enough to know it's exactly fair. So I will take your word McKenzie, for it. Do you do you agree with that? Yes. Then I agree to that. Then. All right. So we got a hundred flat. Hundred wins a hundred. Yep. I got under or oh or under. You got nine. under nine. Yep. Okay. So let's make it official. Cha-ching. All right. Hundred only a hundred. Now, you got one more game to, or team to go. That's gonna be six. That would be this week. Next week, we're going five through one. Week after that, we're digging even deeper. It's going to be like three weeks of previews. Uh, you'll be excited about this next week. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to give away the whole list. Go ahead. But we'll talk about the Ohio State University. I hope. Uh, I like that you said D. And uh, <laughs> I hope that they're, you know, if they, worse, they got to be two. That's the worst, in my opinion. But I don't, I don't want to give it away. No way. Now, this isn't giving anything away, but this number five team, you've got number your six best. Team. Number six, you've got your best back going. Yeah, uh, the Utah Utes I have at number six. Uh, their win total eight and a half. My best bet is over eight and a half wins with Utah. Hold on a second. Okay. Wouldn't the better bet be because I know you're down on USC. I am. Why don't we play the, the conference? You can bet anything you want on these. I mean, you can if you'd rather. Or you then let's d- split it. Double unit, though, I think, because you really like this. I do. So one full unit on them over? Yep. And what's the number exactly? It, uh, over eight and a half. Can you set up for me, please? Yeah. All right. Why, why, why isn't it up? I didn't know Utah was going to be the sixth team. It takes me a second. You don't know about this? Damn, you had this plotted out for weeks. Okay. <laughs> uh, the over? Eight and, and a half. And then you like him to win the conference? To win the Pac-12, four to one. To win the Pac-12. Wow. Now, what's the odds of the other teams or the good teams there? The the Pac-12, you've got USC at plus 140, Oregon at plus 300, Utah at 4-1, to one, and it gets down to 12-1 to one, UCLA. Now, where is USC in most uh, in the favorite to win the title? They're the fifth favorite to win the national title. And you got them where? Uh, they're not in my top ten. Whoa. Yeah. Are you trying to get a feud with Lincoln? No. 
Continue. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So the Utah Utes, they have what I love, and they, that means they've got a quarterback and they've got a head coach that I trust, and Kyle Whittingham and Cam Rising. Cam Rising, a fifth-year junior. Uh, he became the full-time starter a couple years ago, never looked back. Last year, they win the Pac-12 with him, and they're bringing back almost everything on offense. Five of their top six pass catchers are again there, including their tight end, who's going to be an NFL draft pick. He tested the waters, came back for, for his last year. Uh, they, they've got tons of depth at wide receiver, and they've got a fantastic running back. Uh, Tavion Thomas finished with 1,100 yards and 21 touchdowns. It was thought he was going to go to the NFL. He decided to come back. So they've just got so much talent coming back on that side of the football. They killed it on defense in the transfer portal. They lost some – the Utah Utes. Utah lost some guys on defense, but they killed it on defense in the transfer portal. I'm very high on this team this season. I think that – they. I mean, they won the Pac-12 last year for a reason – I get the love for USC with Lincoln Riley. USC was a four-win roster last year. It's it, they've got they had a lot of problems. They had a lot of guys leave, so it's not going to be instantaneous for them to get back with this thing. They haven't had that transition year yet. Like I like I talked about Texas come, when they showed up and the cupboard was bare. They had a year where it was going to be rough. They've had that year. I think their pass. I think USC needs to have a year like that before they can be really good. You think USC is going to go five and seven? No, I don't think they're going to be that bad. But I think I think USC is going to go eight and four. Okay, so you said something before the show that was you sincerely believe, and it really unlocks the idea of this is a take off the rubber band bat. You said USC at plus one forty. Plus one forty. You think that Utah at four to one plus four hundred has a better chance to win the Pac-12 than USC? I do. That is like if you so you need twenty four to one. You need twenty percent of the time to break even, and you estimate about forty percent of the time. So it's like literally double. It's news, baby. It's literally double <laughs> the odds. I mean, or geez, what is going on? That's real news. It, it won't let me repress it. I keep asking how to do it. No one lets me. All right. So anyway, that's shocking. Is you're saying, hey, the market thinks it has a 20% chance, Utah? I think they have, oh, let's say double, 40%. Yeah. And I think if Utah's jerseys said Oregon or UCLA, they'd probably be two to one. Okay. I mean, I'm not sure about that, but I, I do think the combination of Utah, you know, not being a, a prime time program combined with the fact that USC get, you know, eating up all the oxygen. And Utah's being left, in a way, everyone in the Pac-12 except UCLA and USC feels like they've been discarded. Yeah. And if anything, don't you – I mean, do you think the Utahs of the world and the Oregons are going to feel a need to try to really play hard against USC and UCLA? Oh, I'm sure. But you, I think you don't you, think we're good enough? I think USC and UCLA always get everybody's best shot, but I think especially right now, yeah. Yeah. While they're all fighting for a spot so, in some other conference. So do we want to go another best bet and go under USC right now because it won't be in the mix? I'm for that, yeah. I mean, do you, what's their over under? Eight and a half. All right, so you think they're losing three games? I do. Well, why don't we do this? It's it's nine, oh, nine and, and, and a half. half. I'm, yeah, you're right. right. So, so you think they're losing three games? I think they're losing three games. But that would go to nine. Yeah. All right, that's all. okay. So they have to win, lose four at eight and a half. Okay. So because it's twelve games yeah. again. Let's wait on that because I want you for next week. It'll be a good tease ahead for next week. 
You will have a top five best bet from you and confirmation on the USC. But right now, you're going full unit over eight and a half for Utah. That's even money. You're going full unit at four to one to win the Pac-12. Now, what about a little sprinkle on title odds? No. You just won't bet a long shot, will you? I, not to not it, it, listen. It, I, if there was a, what's, if what's I could USC, find a number, what's USC's title odds? Uh, twenty to one. You think they're better than USC? I do. So you're getting sixty to one. How can there be literally be better than Team Twenty One? You don't think it's worth a bet at sixty to one? Because I think there's only three teams who can win the title this year. You start hedging. Well, how about this, Mackenzie? Can you find us and make a playoffs on Utah? That, that would I, w- I would be interested in. Yeah, especially if they win the conference. Yeah. I haven't seen that post. I'll check again. Oh, it's all over the place. I'm thinking. <laughs> all right, so you got more handicap on Utah? I, I can give more. Yeah, it's a, a little more. It's our last team for today. Utah's schedule mm-hmm. a little bit. Obviously, the Pac-12, we, we've kind of gone through. Not very, not very strong top to bottom. Oregon, they play at Oregon late in the season. The USC game, middle of the season, is a, is a home game for them. Their non-conference games at Florida to open the season, and Florida is a team that I'm down on. So I, I think it's a good opportunity for Utah to get a good win early. Uh, in Southern Utah, which is basically a free square, and then home against San Diego State. So soft non-conference schedule, in my opinion, and a very, very manageable Pac-12 schedule. Hold on a second. You can't have Florida on your schedule and say it's a soft Why not? But where's Florida ranked? Uh, they are 100-1 to to win the title. Okay, so they're like in the, I mean, like 15th. I, I, it, well, how many teams are? I mean, it's real simple. Oh, they're nineteenth in the uh, okay. in the in the rankings. So they're yeah. top twenty team. And where's that game at? At Florida, the swamp. The swamp. So you you gonna say an easy non-conference game? Yeah, and they're underdogs. I think. They're... I mean, dude, you sound ridiculous. How could it be okay. easy if you have to go to Florida? What do you, what's the line in that game? It's a Utah plus three and a half. So Florida minus three and a half. Yes. So they're an underdog in one of their. Yeah. That's not easy. Though. I think they win the game. Okay, but that's not easy. Okay. And then what I'm saying is you're diminishing it. If anything, batting them to get in the playoffs makes more sense if you think they have such a marquee win like that. Because if they win that game, all of a sudden they're getting a bunch of attention. That's true. Because if I'm not – And it's it's the opening weekend, so it's – And there's only two good games that yep. weekend is what I'm hearing. Who's the other one? Uh... Because Colin's making the point – that, oh, it's it's Ohio State and Notre Dame. Yeah, there, there, there's two must wash games. This is going to be one of them. He, they win, you're on the way. If they lose, well, you know what? Doesn't really affect your UFC or Pac-12 odds. No, that's important. But Florida was six and seven last year. That's it, it, hey, it was just one year to turn it around. Man. You're right. Just one year to turn it just around. Just one year to turn it around. That's what Sark did, man. Five and seven. You know how bad they were. They were seven and three the year before. Can you believe that? <laughs> Jesus God. All right. All right. I think we're good. So let's talk for just a minute about the transfer portal. How are you handicapping it? And this will be our last topic. So if you don't care, see it. Uh, by the way, next week, Tuesday again with Faz and the full crew. Wednesday, uh, AJ and I will do one through five. And I'll make a few green button bets on it. Yeah, I think it's, it's certainly got to be a factor, the transfer portal. Uh, but a lot of these guys are are kind of unknowns. You mentioned, def- like, you can be a good player at Colorado and go to USC and not be the same player. It does. I don't agree with that. I think you could be a good player at a lower division or, like, you know, I don't know, some of these – it's hard to know, like, you know. Appalachian State. Yeah. So – but in general, 
I think if you shine where you're like one of the leaders, and they, offense, defense, it's different. I think defense transfers even better. I agree with that. Offense, it, it might be that they're no good because the quarterback's horrible. But, they, but you know, usually if they transfer and they are accepted by an elite program, that by definition there's a reason why they're is being saying accepted. there's something there, right? So I would say in general, well, it's going to be interesting because if we look at how many, what the influx is, we look at the, I think there's two factors here. How many people are coming in and what's their impact? That's one. I don't care how many people went out. This is saying, what's your turnover? What is your, uh, what is the requirement to teach new people the system and get them up and running very quickly? And I believe in general, if you look at the biggest influxes and fade them the first three games, you will win money. Now, I wouldn't suggest doing that. But I'm saying I think that's going to be a 53, 54% kind of thing. Now, you, I would not look to bet on those teams. It's easier to know the teams not to play, too, right? Do you agree with that? I do agree with that. And I think it, but I do think it's interesting that you say the teams that got the influx but not worry about the teams that, that lost people. Well, no, no. What I'm saying is the loss, the losing is going to be built into the power ranking. Right. right? The influx and the losing, so the net effect is going to be built. So let's say a team had um, lost a lot of people, 10. Oklahoma is a good example. Lost, um, lost a lot of key guys. Okay. Let's say they took in the exact same number of key guys. They, Dylan Gabriel came in when Caleb Williams so went out. So let's say it all equaled out. Okay. The power rating, in, in theory, all other things equal, because there's other factors, would stay the same. Sure. But I would look to fade them the first couple games because – there is another factor, which is that integration of these new players. Yeah, and and we kind of we talked so about this. You in, agree with that? Yeah, agree, and we talked about it in pre-production, which is why kind of why I'm down on USC, because even though they got some good players in, all of these guys are adjusting to a new system because none of the guys that were at USC when Lincoln Riley showed up knew Lincoln Riley's system. So it's an enti- it's an integration of an entire new system well, but for that's everybody. The case with every new coach. Yes. So. Uh, you know, if, if anything, you could make the K. I mean, I don't know. Would having a big influx there help? Or so hurt? they were saying, well, Caleb Williams has already played with Lincoln Riley. He knows Lincoln Riley's system, and he does. Mm-hmm. Nobody else there does. Everybody else but is having learning. a quarterback that's going to be like a, a coach on the field helps. It certainly helps. Hey, listen, Lincoln's a fanatic. He w- Listen, he worked for Stoops. Oh, I'm sorry, check that. For Leach yeah. at Texas Tech when he was like 23. And like really, really young. And I mean, listen, Leach is very proud of his intellect like you know so he felt like like this was a kid at the time that he really said this guy's going to be a star and you know i I guess the pedigree is as strong as you get and i agree with that i I do think he's going to be a star and i think he's going to be a star star. i think he'll be a star at usc i think he'll win a national championship at usc i just think it's not going to be instantaneous snap of the fingers i hear you the only thing that worries me a little bit is the idea that that maybe the times have changed you know, may, maybe this transfer portal makes it where people are able to turn it around quicker. And it's unprecedented. So we don't really have data to go back and say, how's it impact? We don't well, really this know year, yet. I mean, what about this year? How did the, I mean, maybe we do a study for next week. Uh, McKenzie's going to try to find a way to quantify. There's some different things out there. Quantify the influx in, in the outflow, uh, inflow outflow, and then say, okay, we should be able to do the same thing for last year. Yep. How did those teams do? Game one, two, three, you know, game, the first third. Did it get season, easier as the season yeah, went second, on? Second, middle, third, and last third would be the way to break it up, I think. And let's see. All right.
You think so? You think so, Mackenzie? I'm excited to get on this project. All right. All right, guys. We'll see you next. Uh, it'll be Wednesday morning with the regular show. Thursday morning with the college football special with Top RJ. Five. And we're having your co-host during the year. His name? Taylor McCarg. McCard? McCarg. That's not a good name. I can't help it. That's what he was born with. Let me talk to him. <laughs> uh, I think maybe Taylor Thompson. Okay. I'll see if he's amenable to that. I don't know. How about Tom Sula? Not really that's a, not a good name. A really pedigree of the 49? I don't think that's good. <laughs> How about Tom Sawyer? Listen, what's your what, your uh, Twitter is? Oh, this is complicated. Oh no! It's you ready? <laughs> At AJ the. Nope, you already messed it up. AJ the real. AJ is the real. Oh my god, I don't know that at this point. <laughs> AJ is the. I wonder if any other name has is the in it. <laughs> Real. And how do you spell? You say, let's find a word that you don't know how they could be spelled multiple ways. R-E-A-L. All right. Like the real thing. The real thing. Why not R Why not AJ is the truth? I don't know. Why are you afraid to tell the story about this? You were so excited that a former professional wrestler told, said something about you that you just used his little. That is true. The Iron Sheik. Yeah. The Iron Sheik came in. He probably doesn't remember that he was even but in He Houston. doesn't know me from Adam. He doesn't, but he, he doesn't even know he was in Houston, that it, trip. Yeah. But he came on our show and he, he that's what he said. AJ is the real. This is the real. You know he says that on every show. I know. I know. I imagine if, if all through the country, <laughs> there was all these, <laughs> these talk show hosts. Listen, most of the top talk show hosts in the country weren't having the Iron Sheik on their show. So I, I think they were probably. So is it, are you bragging, saying you were at the level to get no, the Iron Sheik? I'm saying that my show was so loose that we had the Iron Sheik on, drunk and incoherent. But but because you figured you didn't need to be drunk and incoherent. Just have a good time. Yeah. My show was about is having that, a good is, time. Is that, is that when the audience was fleeing? Because you, you no, had... No, that's when the audience was peaked. Yeah. Then you got in your radical political stuff. Yes. <laughs> and now you're in Vegas. Now I'm in Vegas. <laughs> but that's actually not true. <laughs> Though there was a downturn, you were securing your job. Certainly. At least for another year. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, he secured at least another year here, too. And especially next week. <laughs> Talk to you then.